The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. I'm Bakes, Kevin Baker. I'm going to teach you how to make money in up and down markets. Very few podcasters or coaches cover this. I'll show you how to lock in profits and minimize losses to make you a better investor. So once a week, you're going to know what's going on in the world and the stock market. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. Hi, this is Bakes, Kevin Baker, Stock Market Authority. This is the first in a series of uh, B3, Bakes Back to Basics. And uh, what happens is I do the weekly show, and then I have, frankly, my sons in particular throw a flag on the play and say, uh, slow it down and clarify, you lost me here. And if if I've confused many of you, then I apologize. That's my bad. And uh, we're going to start this with how to read a chart. And uh, this is near and dear to my heart. And this kind of made me think, but uh, I'll give you a little bit of a story and then I'll, I won't uh, dwell on my past too much, but I want to give you some context is uh, I've been doing this a long time and I was a stockbroker in the eighties, uh, went through the 87 crash and to make a long story short, the fundamental guys, the people that were looking at the income statements and balance sheets, they got crushed and the people that seemed to really do well uh, were, were the technicians, the chartists, the people that do technical analysis. And I, I do both, believe me, but the, it led me to this journey. And I read, a, it seems like, uh, at least 500 books. And uh, we'll talk about two of my favorites. But the first one is William O'Neill's How to Make Money in Stocks. That's pretty straightforward. And what this is, this is an idealized version of the 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 first part of the trade the how to buy a stock and what happens is and what, what and I like Bill's technique Bill very uh, 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 sensibly said let's go back and study the biggest winners of all time what did they look like before they launched with, before they became five and ten and twenty baggers kind of makes sense and it turns out they have these characteristics all in common. And this is an idealized version of what he termed a cup with handle. And so, especially if you're not a video, you can picture that. It's a cup with a handle. What happens is stocks go into uptrends and then they, they, they need to rest. Maybe it's after earnings, whatever. And then they build a base. And the, the longer the base, the better. If the volume evaporates, that's even better. And then they form a handle. Uh, uh, that on on the other side where where you know it's in a, a pretty narrow band of price and then it hits an intermediate new high. I get uh, you know sort of it makes you buying at new highs. Yeah, intermediate new highs because that's where the money is, frankly, and that's where this study showed that when you have. Uh, breakouts, particularly with big volume. I talk about uh, above average volume. I like to see 50% increases in volume. That's a number of institutions coming in and say, we're right. I want to own a lot of this now. And if you can buy it within 5% of that buyout point that you see here, that's really terrific. And that's what I try and do. And so I go through literally thousands of charts every single month. Most of the time I do it intra-month as well, intra-month as well, and I'm looking for this. 
I'm looking for this pattern where, and it doesn't happen that often. And in bear markets, it happens really seldom. But if you if you look for this pattern that Bill O'Neill identified, uh, he's the founder of Investors Business Daily. I've been using his MarketSmith service forever. That's what you see all over the place. Uh, we're looking for this idealized version uh, on to buy a stock. And obviously, we want to have great fundamentals. But what I find is that the, if you have the technicals first that tell you to go do the fundamental work where there's revenue and earnings growth and you get both right, that's really where you make a lot of money. And uh, I, I can't stress how important this has been to cut the wheat from the chaff and find really profitable ideas. And uh, as, as uh, O'Neill points out, here's a great example, Chipotle. Everybody knows Chipotle. Uh, not too many people probably knew it in 2010, which is where this chart is. And this is a beautiful example of a cup with a handle and a breakout in 2010 at, uh, at 155. This is what I'm looking for all the time. When you see me talk about breakouts and upside volume, this is the kind of thing that I'm, I'm, I'm looking for. And... Uh, uh, you know, I keep thinking that everybody sees what I see. Apparently not. And it's my 30 years of just going through this month after month after month. I can pick these patterns out and, and, and hopefully impart them to you so that we can all make money in up and down markets. And then you look at Chipotle today. If you want to you know, question if this works, 155 to 1500 plus. That's a 10-bagger, as uh, uh, Peter Lynch would say. It doesn't happen very often, but boy, is it fun when it does. And uh, I, it just, I, I'm, I'm, I believe in studying what works and then reapplying it over and over and over again. And this way to buy stocks just flat out works. Please let me know if I can clarify anything further, but uh, uh, I can't tell you how effective this is, and uh, uh, I want to get your feedback, so please come back to me. Uh, and the uh, this gets to the other p- point of, of, of the trade, which is the sell side, and that's why I stress it so, so much on my website and in the show and everywhere, is that this gets short shrift. People, t- there's way too many people telling you how to buy stocks. At least they think they know how to buy stocks, but how to get out, how to sell. I can't tell you how many pros that that do not have the sell discipline. If you really put their feet to the fire, yes, they've got a boilerplate slide in their deck, but they don't really know if these things happen, I'm getting out of the stock, and I do. And part of this is from. This wonderful book, also from William O'Neill, How to Make Money Selling Stocks Short. And I'm going to go through some concepts here that you guys keep coming back to me about, and hopefully we cover them in in one fell swoop. The first is support. Think of support as a floor. So this is Cisco in 2000, all right, 2001, in that time period. And in the late 90s, I can't tell you, Cisco was God. Uh, traded at 100 times earnings, uh, the internet was exploding, everybody needs their servers, revenue and earnings blow without guidance going up everywhere, the stock was in a bull trend. And so it kept forming these staircases of support that you see here. 
and uh, when any time that the stock took a rest, it would come into that support, and the uh, institutions that didn't you know have their million shares already bought would would come in and buy them in those support levels and so the staircase keeps going up, and then eventually things get to the point where every analyst has a buy. The, the company is only meeting estimates, and the stock gets tired. Everybody knows it, and there, you, you don't have the incremental buyer. And that's when the head and shoulders form. I've talked about this all the time, but you've asked me to clarify. And so as you can see here, the first shoulder, left shoulder, A in this case, the stock reacts to news but the volume's not as big, and the reaction isn't as big, and it slumps back into support again. It rallies in the head with hopefully some better news, but the volume is eh, anemic, uninspiring. And then you form the left shoulder, and you get to the point where the stock rolls over. And when the stock rolls over and breaks the neckline that you see here, but think about this conceptually, breaks the neckline, that's a change in trend especially if it happens on big volume like it did in Cisco. Then it rallied into resistance. So think of that as, as the ceiling. So the floor is here in, let's say, the 50s, and now we have the ceiling in the 70s after this big run up to 80. And so it keeps punching up against that, and it gets more and more tired. It's just like doing reps lifting. At some point, you can't do another rep. It's the same kind of thing. It's almost like a bench press where you're hitting that 70 level, and finally you, you've maxed out and you're done. Then the stock breaks the 200-day moving average. Now, O'Neill didn't write his book for this, but I've adopted it because literally, look how many dog ears I have here. There's literally dozens of examples, and they look the same. When stocks roll over after a big uptrend and you want to lock in profits, it closes below the 200-day moving average. That's a warning sign that things have changed and you sell a third. That's me. That's just eyeballing. I'm sure there's some way to, to optimize that. But if you sell a third, you number one, you lock in big profits that you've already earned. Number two, in the rare circumstance that the market is so strong and the company's turnaround is so strong and the, it, it rips off the new highs, at least you have your two-thirds position. It very rarely happens, hence the third. When the 50-day comes down through the 200 here at around $60 again, then you sell another third because that just shows short-term weakness meeting uh, meeting long-term weakness. Things have really started to change here. By the time the 200-day moving average rolls over, you should be gone. You shouldn't call your broker. You shouldn't call the CFO. You shouldn't call your priest. You should be out of Cisco. And that's at around $60 on this level. Quick uh, 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 you know, review. Moving averages are smoothing mechanisms. They show... 50-day and 200-day moving trends, shorter and longer-term trends. And it's just math. It's you add up the last 50 days of stock price, you divide by 50, you plot it on a chart. And then you do the same, add up 200 days of stock prices, divide by 200, and you put that. And over time, with all these wonderful computers we have, they do it automatically. A lot of the old-timers did it by hand. You can imagine how tedious that was. But 
It's a way of showing a change in trend by definition. And if the 200-day is moving down, the long-term trend has changed. So my sell discipline here gets you out at $60 in this example. Here we go. We segue to 2001. It's at 12 in about a year, 80% in a year. And I know there were a bunch of reports at the top. These are short-term problems. They'll make it up next quarter. The internet uh, opportunity is so vast. And again, if you didn't talk to any of those people and you just sold, you'd have your $60. You would have locked in multi-years of gains, and you would have avoided the pain, psychological and financial, of that 80% decline. So this is why I am the way I am. I went through the 87 crash, and I said, i got to find a way to combat this. And then you go to this next one, which is the reason why I do this. This is Cisco today. It's 23 years 23 years, and it has still not hit the level where my cell discipline kicked in at 60. So to folks who say the chart doesn't work, I respectfully disagree strongly, and um, uh, I hope this is helpful. I hope I've clarified a few things. I hope I've covered what you want me to cover, and if I haven't, please tell me how to do this better in the future. So that's it for B3, Bakes Back back to Basics. Uh, I want you to write into the show with any questions or comments you have. Email me, bakes at stockmarketauthority.com. Even better, leave me a voice recording, and we'll talk about this uh, some more reach out on social media and please go to my website stockmarketauthority.com and sign up for my free newsletter so I can do this even on a more granular and granular and frequent level during the week. I'll see you soon. I'm Bakes, Stock Market Authority. Thank you very much. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.